1: Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded.
0: Hi everyone, we miss you and we can't wait to be back in your ears very, very soon. Promise, it's coming. As we work on things behind the scenes, we've dug into the archives and found some of your favourite segments. So here's a throwback episode just for you. Dr. Ryan DeCruz from Southern Dermatology joins us today to talk about how different medications can impact your skin. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So before we get into discussing the link between medications and skin, can we touch on the relationship between our gut and the skin?
1: This is a really good question and I'm so pleased you asked about it because I think that it's something that a lot of people are interested in and there's probably a lot of misinformation out there. I think the first thing to say is that there's still a whole lot of medicine of the human body that we still don't know a lot about and the interaction and the interplay uh, between the gut and the skin and the gut and our mental health, the gut and our nervous system, there's really a lot of research to be done. What we do know is that this idea of the microbiome is probably the, the key to it all that we, we think may unlock a lot of uh, life's mysteries. And what I mean by that is that actually the, the billions of microbes, bacteria, in particular, but also yeasts and fungi that actually live on us and live in us that have a very important role in regulating our immune system. So we call this the the gut skin axis, this interplay between the microbes that live literally in our stomach and in our gut lining and those that are on our skin and how they actually influence our immune system for the better as well as for the worse. So I think what I explain to patients is that if you know that you have sort of so-called gut issues, if you have problems with digestion and constipation, diarrhea, abdominal bloating, and you have skin issues, it's really important to actually present with these to your general practitioner, perhaps to a gastroenterologist who specializes in gut and or a dermatologist who specializes in skin to actually get a full understanding of you as a holistic person, rather than looking at each problem independently.
0: Now onto the medication side of things, what are the most common ways medications can impact our skin?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. It's also quite a broad one. And I was trying to think, you know, in, in what ways will I try to communicate how important drugs are to our body? Because we use the word drug in medicine every day, but actually to, to the everyday person, you sort of talk about drugs and you automatically think illicit drugs like you know, <laughs> ecstasy and marijuana. But, <laughs> but in reality, people take Drugs or medications every day of their lives, whether it be Mm. an over-the-counter vitamin uh, or panadol or paracetamol, aspirin, these are all what we call drugs. And drugs can cause many different impacts on our body. And I think probably one of the most common problems that we see is drug rashes or, you know, actual skin diseases caused by medications. Quite an unusual one, uh, which a lot of people have no idea about, is this this concept of what's called a fixed drug eruption, where you could be taking something simple like a cold and flu tablet, Codril, for example, and actually develop a rash that can occur as this perfectly circular patch on our bodies, or sometimes on our lips, even on our genitals, and it will come every time you take that. Uh, cold and flu tablet and you sort of have no clue you might think oh, actually it's related to the infection that I'm fighting but actually what we know is it's the medication so drug rashes is one example but even sort of less or more I guess subtly than that uh, is this concept of just the, the symptom of itch and just being slightly having a medication that just doesn't quite agree with our immune system again and that can cause simply us to feel a little bit itchy or a little bit dry and you don't necessarily put two and two together. Uh, you could be prescribed a medication, even whether it be a blood pressure tablet or an antidepressant medication. And suddenly within about two or four weeks, you just notice that you're just feeling a little bit uncomfortable in your skin. Uh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't actually present with a rash that you can see with, with your eye. So that's a, another common thing that I, I sort of guide people just to, to look out for when they, when they are feeling a bit itchy. Could this be actually driven by, by a medication? I think they're the more common presentations, but there are really various ways. So, for example, even certain medications can trigger really bad acne. We know that certain medications uh, that are used for epilepsy, but also for bipolar depression, can be quite harmful in actually triggering pimples and breakouts uh, and may even trigger a first presentation or aggravate psoriasis as well so we know that lithium for example which we you know has been used many times in the past can do that quite commonly
0: and that kind of carries on from my next question which is what are the biggest culprits for causing negative skin concerns in terms of medications
1: Yeah, so I think probably the top ones have to be antibiotic medications uh, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of common issues that can arise when people are slightly allergic or intolerant to antibiotics. So I think it's well known that, say, penicillin, you know, can cause a a rash in about 10% of the population. But it's, you know, we really evolved well beyond penicillin. So there are, there are many uh, medications that can trigger just the classic sort of hive type itchy rashes. But there are also those that can trigger pustules uh, that look like acne and also pain relief medications. So uh, the what we use the word is the opioids. So the codeine type uh, medications, uh, medications with morphine for lower back pain, oxycontin and oxycodone are quite common uh, triggers of itchy skin, dry skin, uncomfortable skin. So they're probably the most common issues that I see in a slightly older population. Certain blood pressure medications can can really cause uh, a lot of problems. So again, you know that itchy skin or a rash that's particularly triggered by sunlight. We call that a phototoxic eruption, where people really get a, a rash on their face or on their chest, maybe on their forearms, but nowhere else. So we think that there's some relationship between the sun and the medication that they're taking.
0: Interesting. I'm allergic to c uh, core, which is an antibiotic, and I haven't had it since, but I had it as a baby, and I broke out in a full-body rash, but mm. I'd also had, like, other foods that day, like egg and peanut butter for, like, the first time, and so they were like, what is it? What's causing it? Uh-huh. So I know they don't count as medications, but I've heard some protein powders can cause or worsen acne in some cases. Is this true?
1: I'm really glad that you brought it up because it is actually something I see really commonly. I think that that whole industry of the uh, protein supplements, protein powders, creatine, et cetera, uh, is a very, very big billion dollar industry. And it's, it's one that's very unregulated. So There are a whole lot of so-called protein powders out there that we don't really know 100% what all the ingredients are in there for, what their purpose is, and they're Mm -hmm. certainly not being tested. I have quite a distinctive group of particularly younger male patients, say between 15 and 30, who Mm -hmm. will quite commonly present with a flare of acne. And when you you look into it, they've actually been taking a lot of these protein powders. So the hypothesis there is that these protein powders are actually laced with hormone-like ingredients. not actually be true hormones but when you consume the human body consumes them they act in a similar way to the male hormones that trigger acne so yeah absolutely i see it very commonly the other thing is that the protein shakes are commonly mixed with milk or dairy and we know Mm. that in certain people dairy is a really common trigger for their acne now not for everyone
0: are there any other things that we'd commonly add to our diets that can potentially cause skin issues that we wouldn't already know about. Like you said, milk. Most people like yeah, dairy. In some people, can cause acne. Are there other culprits that we just wouldn't know about, like protein powder? Uh,
1: not that many unusual ones, but potentially the usual ones that people don't necessarily think. I mean, I think sugar is a really common one, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Most people will know that a high GI um, diet or intake will will trigger a bit of a, an acne flare, and again, not in everyone. But mm-hmm. um, uh, most people will tell you if, if their diet's not as clean as it is normally, that they'll they'll get a bit of a breakout. Not specifically for acne, but certainly in terms of conditions like psoriasis and atopic eczema, uh, mm-hmm. alcohol is a big one. Uh, and I don't yep. necessarily think that people put two and two together because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a big binge. Like it's not just going out drinking, you know, a whole lot in, in one night or two nights, but it could be this more sort of insidious increase in alcohol intake over mm. a period of, say, a few weeks, mm. a cumulative effect of which actually flares psoriasis. So that's something that I think people could potentially pay a little bit more attention to. And and I guess certain herbal supplements and remedies that people take thinking that it's actually beneficial, we do see from time to time them actually causing problems. And, again, this is the, the problem with the, this unregulated industry where, you know, vitamins and minerals are touted to be really beneficial and positive for our health, but they can in in certain cases actually trigger health problems as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, what about medications designed to improve skin appearance? What are these different medications and how do they work?
1: Uh, Can I start with the oral contraceptive pill? Um, Yes. This is a bit of a bugbear of mine. The oral contraceptive pill, I think, has been for about 40 years used to treat acne and initiated in very young women to help improve the quality of their skin. And there's scientific reasons why that is. It's because certain pills can block the male hormones that drive acne. The problem is that the pill is just not a good treatment for acne long term. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's very much masking the hormone profile of the patient who's taking it at the time. But inevitably, a female at one point in their life may choose to come off it for whatever reason and... Lo and behold, acne just rears its ugly head again, whether it's at age 25, 35, or even 40. So I I do have a problem with the use of the oral contraceptive pill in acne, unless the female is choosing to start it for another reason. For Mm -hmm. example, contraception, obviously great form of contraception if the female would like to take it but heavy periods or irregular periods or period pain they're all very valid reasons to be on the oral contraceptive pill and then they'll get improvement in their acne as a principle of second effect or double effect Mm -hmm. but as a standalone medication i never prescribe it for acne roaccutane is a is a i guess a pandora's box look i won't go into too much detail but what i'll say is that a lot has changed in the last 40 years. We They used to use it in these really high toxic doses. It's a vitamin A derivative, so it's not an antibiotic. It's not a hormone treatment. It's made from vitamin A, and what it does is shrinks down oil glands all over the body. It developed a very horrible reputation, quite rightly, when it was first used because the, the people who invented it and the doctors who prescribed it really didn't know what they were doing. They used it at these awful high doses it really should be used at nice low doses it can work beautifully mm-hmm. well for patients who suffer from chronic acne yes it has some side effects like any other medication but when when prescribed properly and there's a good patient doctor um, relationship i have a wonderful results and a lot of my patients are very happy but it, look it's not for everyone and there are definitely reasons why you can't or shouldn't go on this medication so it's something that needs to be discussed with a health professional Actually, something I would love to talk about is iron. So iron Mm. deficiency or low iron levels is incredibly common, particularly in the female demographic Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. obvious reasons. And vegetarians
0: as well. Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) So vegetarians and vegans (laughs) are naturally going to be low in iron because for for females you lose iron once a month with your menstrual cycle. But also there are many patients who just don't absorb iron particularly well. There are many patients who don't consume enough iron in their diet. Iron is such an important mineral for many uh, bodily functions, in particular, hair and nail development. So I probably three to five times a day will see a female who's losing hair or shedding hair. And lo and behold, you check their iron and it's they're deficient or they're very low. So Mm. it's such an important Mm. mineral that I really encourage women to and men, but Particularly more commonly in women to think about uh, iron, getting the iron levels nice and high. The same thing is with zinc and vitamin D. So, I mean, they're not medications per se on prescription, mm-hmm. but they're really common problems that I see causing skin issues and have really clear benefits to the skin as well. Mm-hmm. If you suspect
0: that a medication could be causing skin issues, what should you do?
1: Yeah, so look, I think the first thing is to actually sit back and think what are you on the medication for and is there a timing or what we call a temporal correlation between starting a medication and a skin problem? There will be some medications that are sort of not negotiable. For example, if you're a diabetic and you need insulin, I would Mm -hmm. not be encouraging you just to stop your insulin uh, because you're worried that it's causing skin issues. Rather, you really need to go back to the person who's prescribed it for you and actually discuss your concerns with them. It may be that you take a so-called drug holiday for a period of three months to see whether there's any benefit in stopping the medication. Or it may be that you need an alternative medication from a completely different family to do the same thing. So the first thing is that uh, medication Depending on the reason they've been prescribed can sometimes be safely stopped, but sometimes they can't. And it's really important to then weigh up what the, the risk versus benefit is for you and your skin and the general health. So, it's about being sensible, I think.
0: I really want to do a separate episode on um, managing the skin when you come off the pill because my best friend's going through this at the moment and she's developed really severe acne after coming off the pill. Mm. And I just think so many women go through this and they have no idea what to do when they do encounter these problems. So, I think we'll bring you back at another time because that's an entire episode in itself. I'd love to. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it, it is an entire episode. And literally, just yesterday, I was at a GP practice doing some education. And the GP sort of asked me, they're like, but what's the problem? You can give a patient 10 or 15 years of reprieve from their acne and, you know, isn't that Mm. good? I was like, yeah, but what, you know, 10 or 15 years when you're 15 takes you through to 25 or 30. Yeah. You can't turn around to a, a 30 year old and say, oh, well, you had 10 good years. Now you've, yeah. got now, skin, so. now you've
0: got to deal like,
1: with acne Yeah, no yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally i, I was, yeah. a, I was yeah. a bit surprised so i sort of had to very politely explain actually these are the, the demographic of women i see who are incredibly mm. upset quite rightly mm. about their skin at a pretty critical time in their lives so yeah you know and, and well you know our window of opportunity to use certain medications may be smaller so i uh, yeah that yeah. that topic i agree tenfold is really important
0: Thank you so much for chatting to us today. Dr. Ryan DeCruz from Southern Dermatology. You can catch him there if you want to make an appointment. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.